Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, March 15th, 2019. And since this coming Sunday is St. Patrick's Day, I will be talking about Ireland with the goal of uncovering what is going on over there, what is happening on the Emerald Isle with regard to the Catholic faith, what has caused all this to happen. St. Patrick's Day brings back a lot of memories to me personally, especially of the friends I knew during my military service who were of Irish descent. We were all young, 22 or 23 years old, and while I was stationed at Quantico near Washington, D.C., we used to take the Eastern Shuttle flight up to New York or Boston for St. Patrick's Day. Those Irish guys, always a lot of fun, but word of caution, my advice is to be very cautious about going out on St. Patrick's Day to have a couple of glasses of Guinness with a few guys named Casey Quinn and so forth because it will not end well, I can promise you that. For me, though, Winston Churchill's quote about whiskey is true for Guinness, and that is that I have taken a lot more from Guinness than Guinness has taken from me. What about today? What's going on? In Ireland today, the Irish are angry, deeply troubled, angry and deeply troubled people right now. So let's look at what may have caused the sudden changes in the nation. Over the last few years, Ireland has traditionally been the most conservative, most Catholic country in Europe, perhaps even in the world, despite their reputation for drinking and fighting, a reputation I can personally attest to is true. The Irish have always been devoutly Catholic people until recently, that is. For example, Pope John Paul II visited Ireland from September 29th to October 1st, 1979. So for three days he was there, including travel to and from Ireland. John Paul was the first pope in history to visit Ireland, and he made his visit a call for peace and an end to the sectarian violence going on there at the time. When he left this plane, he was greeted by the President of Ireland. And they flew by helicopter to his first mass where 1.2 million people came out to hear him. That number was one-third of the entire population of the country. In the three days he was there, 2.5 million people heard him live. And that was two-thirds of the entire population. He passed along the streets in his bulletproof glass-enclosed Mobile. 750,000 people lined the streets just for the opportunity to see him pass by. Why would almost the entire population of the country receive any man with such joy and such excitement? This particular man was loved in a special way. He was also the vicar of Christ as they saw it. He sat in Peter's seat and he was the earthly embodiment of their faith, which meant everything to them. The Irish have suffered so much over the centuries from sectarian violence, starvation, and many other things that the Catholic Church was the one thing they had, the only thing they had that was stable, a fixture in their lives. It was a place of refuge for their souls, the one place they could trust with their children. By the way, I'm not Catholic, so if I get Catholic protocol a little off, please forgive me, I can assure you, I have the utmost respect for members of the Catholic faith and for what the Catholic Church has meant and should still mean in America. However, Catholicism 
is a centralized, top-down faith that makes the problems, accusations, and charges harder to defend. I just examine the facts and have been discovered and somehow try to make sense of something that makes no sense. In the United States, certain private organizations run some child care facilities under government supervision, but for the most part, the care of children without parents, poor, indigent children, orphans in other words, it's been taken over by the government here in America. Being, quote, in the system means child protective services or some other such government agency. I read a recent report on child sex trafficking, which revealed that 85% of child sex trafficking in America comes through the government agencies in private facilities. There is at least a chance that someone there will actually care for and about the children under their charge, but that's how it's done in America. Over in Ireland, by contrast, going back at least to the 1930s, if not earlier, the care of poor, indigent, orphan children has been conducted by the Catholic Church. The orphanages and houses for poor children are Catholic Church organizations run by nuns and priests and overseen by higher-ups in the Catholic hierarchy. Stories have been coming to light recently about abuse and neglect of the Irish children under the care of Catholic clerics. Horrible stories. With each new revelation, the stories become even more horrible. There have been reports by government commissions, investigations by detectives into the charges of abuse, and as a result, the government commission assigned to the investigation released a 270-page, five-volume Report of its findings, a report which took nine years to complete, said orphanages and industrial schools in 20th century Ireland were places of fear, neglect, and endemic sexual abuse. The commission, which was chaired by a high court judge, accused generations of priests, nuns, and Christian brothers of beating, starving, and raping children. They also stated that the church had, quote, obsessively concealed evidence of these crimes had failed to dis discipline, said priests, all, all archbishops in charge at the time were aware of the complaints, but they were more concerned with protecting the reputation of the church over and above, protecting children's welfare and their efforts to conceal charges to protect the reputation of the church. They destroyed the church's reputation. A further official report by a government committee found that 10,000 women and girls, some as young as nine years old, were put through an uncompromising regime of unpaid work from the foundations of the Irish state in 1922 until 1996. Many of the women, some of whom were subject, subjected to harsh discipline for simply becoming pregnant outside of wedlock, were sent there by the Irish state. There was the notorious Magdalene laundries where people were sent apparently as slaves to the everlasting shame of everyone in the hierarchy of leadership. Perhaps the final straw at last broke the camel's back with the discovery of an unmarked grave with the remains of hundreds of babies on the grounds of a former, quote, mother and baby home. The Irish government ordered an investigation into the treatment of children at the church homes for unmarried mothers which included accusations of forced adoptions and unusually high death rate among children being housed there. Three years later, 
A subsequent report revealed that, quote, significant quantities of human remains ranging from 35-week-old fetuses to 3-year-old were excavated from the site, but apparently not all the dead children were buried. There were records discovered which revealed 796 recorded deaths of children with no record of burial places. Accordingly, to an investigation and report by the New York Times, dated August 23, 2018, the church's grip in County Donegal was so strong that abuse was uncovered almost by accident when a priest told police that a young man was trying to blackmail him. It turns out that the man was one of the priest's earlier victims. The full story would not have seen the light of day without the tireless work of two semi-retired detectives, their willingness to listen to the complainants instead of dismissing them out of hand, led to the arrest of the priest who reported the blackmail that detectives had spent their entire careers chasing IRA militants, dealing with terroristic bombings, terroristic bank robberies, some of the most dangerous people in the world. One of them said, I opened a can of worms. And he was quoted as saying, quote, it's worse than the IRA because it's like putting a bomb in a child's mind, end quote. How many children are we talking about here, folks? Thousands, thousands of children raped, murdered, and enslaved over the years by the official of one organization that was supposed to protect them, the Catholic Church. When news of this started to become public knowledge in Ireland, you can imagine what happened. Pope Francis went to Ireland in August of 2018. A relative handful, just a handful of people came out to hear him. The Pope said he was, quote, ashamed by the church's failure to address the repellent crimes of sex abuse, end quote. The Pope did not say that he had personally repented in sackcloth and ashes because much of this had occurred on his watch. He did not say he would not rest until every single perpetrator had been hunted down and punished to the fullest extent of the law. The Irish people are not satisfied. Never will be, I suppose. They remain outraged that church officials knew what was happening. Just let it continue. Ireland, once the most conservative anti-abortion nation in Europe, if not in the world, certainly the most Catholic nation. Far different now, Ireland now. The angriest nation in Europe, the people are angry. Some of the most anti-religious people in Europe, and that's saying something. They seem to have rejected all tradition, especially religious tradition. A referendum permitting abortion was recently approved by the people, and efforts to overturn it have been overwhelmingly defeated. Leo Varadkar, homosexual son of an Indian immigrant, is now the Irish prime minister. The Irish now welcome immigrants of all persuasions, especially Muslims. All are welcome in Ireland as long as they're not traditional Catholics. Muslim migrants often make their way into England and Scotland via Ireland. It seems that the officials of the Catholic Church have done more than rape and murder Irish children. They have also symbolically at least raped and murdered the entire country and deprived it of faith it once had. Priests, nuns, bishops, archbishops, cardinals, popes of the Catholic Church are to blame for the destruction of the Irish people and the Irish nation. The church leadership cannot avoid this responsibility no matter how desperately 
It wants to. At least that's the way I see it. Till next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.